Hello again, everybody, and welcome to another edition of Ike Badger's podcast. My name is Coach Riley. I am a Wisconsin sports contributor for Ike Badgers and Wisconsin Sports Heroics. You can follow me on Twitter at, at @BadgersRiley. Also, be sure to follow Ike Badgers podcast for more content like this at Ike underscore Badgers. Be sure to like and subscribe and follow Spotify, iTunes, or wherever you're listening. I am here to break down last week's game quickly against Purdue. Again, that was a big win for Wisconsin. And give a quick preview to this weekend's heavyweight bout against number nine, Iowa. Be an exciting game this weekend. Uh, But first things first, let's take a look at this Purdue game. Wisconsin obviously winning 30-13 last week against the ranked Purdue team. That was a Purdue team that was ranked for the first time since 2007. This game really was dominated by Wisconsin in the second half particularly, but throughout the game, Wisconsin really did look like they were in control. I know a lot of people just looking at Twitter kind of felt like Wisconsin would find a way to lose that game. Unfortunately, they didn't. The defensive side of the ball dominated. Wisconsin's run game dominated. It was really a decisive win, and I think it kind of opened some eyes for some doubters of this Wisconsin program. I have been saying it for a while now. This 4-3 and Wisconsin team is much better than they look on paper. And I say that because some of their losses, particularly Michigan, 17-38 loss, Notre Dame, absolutely the Notre Dame game, 13-41 loss. A lot of these games were closer than the final score looks. And these were tough opponents. Their three losses are still ranked opponents. They lost to Penn State, number 20. They lost to Notre Dame, they're number 11. And they lost to Michigan. Michigan's still undefeated, and they're number six in the nation. So really, this this win last week against Purdue, I think, really did a good job opening some eyes to this Wisconsin team. And I think Wisconsin is still a player in the Big Ten West. I'll dive into that in a moment because Iowa looked like they were the clear candidates for the, the, the heavy, clear candidate to win the Big Ten West. But I think that's really has changed. I think the tune has changed. I think it's really a three-horse race between Wisconsin, Minnesota, and Iowa right now. So really, this game this weekend against Iowa is a huge one. Wisconsin, believe it or not, with their struggles this season, owns their own destiny right now. Meaning, if they win out, they win the Big Ten West. And that's a big if, of course. But this game against Iowa it will be really indicative of, of where this team can be uh, given their final weeks of this season see where we're at. Let's take a look at this Purdue game real quick, a little bit deeper, looking at statistics here. Wisconsin dominated the total yardage, 338 total yards for Wisconsin to Purdue is 199. Looking at that deeper, though, a huge flip here. Wisconsin had 286 yards on the ground last weekend. Purdue had negative 13. Just an unbelievable effort from guys like Jack Sanborn, Leo Chennault, Keanu Benton, the the whole front seven, front eight just absolutely dominated Purdue. And they they really took control of that that, uh, line of scrimmage. They they just did. They looked really good. Passing yardage, it's a concerning, but when you look at it, it doesn't mean much. Wisconsin only had 52 yards passing. Purdue had 212 
a lot of those 212 yards came within the last quarter when Purdue was really pressed and really just started passing every down. But again, Graham Mertz, only 52 yards in the air, he was 5 for 8. Eight passing attempts is the lowest I can remember Wisconsin having in a very long time, ladies and gentlemen. And again, it's not that Wisconsin needed Mertz to pass much because the run game was just, it was there. It was huge. But it's still a little concerning that we can only get 52 yards on the ground. Purdue actually had more first downs, 17 to 13 there. A big stat in this one is Purdue turned the ball over five times, three interceptions from the, caused by the defense and two lost fumbles. Now this stat would be even sweeter if Wisconsin didn't turn the ball over. Wisconsin had two turnovers, two fumbles, one from Graham Mertz early in the game, and then maybe a true freshman mistake Braylon Allen kind of got the turnover bug, the fumble bug that Jonathan Taylor kind of had. And I, maybe I should stop comparing the kid to the Jonathan Taylor. That's that's really not fair, but man, is he exciting. Braylon Allen was 12 carries for 140 yards. And he would have gotten a lot more carries if he didn't fumble. Braylon Allen fumbled twice. We lost one. But, I mean, two... That, that, that could make the difference in a game against Iowa this weekend. So really... Would love for him to sure up that. Another huge stat for this one is Wisconsin got to the quarterback. Six sacks. That totaled for minus 43 yards. Huge. Absolutely huge. And Wisconsin's gotten pressure all season. They, they really have. They've disrupted quarterbacks all season. But we haven't seen the huge sack numbers until this game against Purdue. Six sacks is the most they've had since the Notre Dame game. So really impressive there. Another big one that I see here, and this is pretty good job by the offensive line, especially with when they had an All-American candidate, George Karloftis, at the end. They only gave up two quarterback hits. Graham Mertz only hit was hit two times. That's a season low for this offense. So the, the offensive line seems to really be finding their stride. And again, maybe they're not exactly at the level yet that we expect them to be, but they are improving. There is no way to doubt that right now. Time of possession was actually pretty similar. Wisconsin had 32 minutes. Purdue had 27 minutes. Wasn't a huge factor in this game. Wisconsin was was, was able to really score at will in the second half. It, it was just impressive. Looking at particular statistics here Graham Mertz again five for eight with 52 yards his longest pass was 17 yards but he didn't throw an interception so I mean we can give credit for that he was sacked twice and he did fumble at once so the turnovers continue with Graham Mertz but he didn't throw an interception so I guess there's that silver lining the the run game was the difference in this. Ches Malusi had a big game and was a workhorse. Had 27 carries for 145 yards. That's 5.4 yards per carry. And he had a touchdown on a nice 35-yard run touchdown. He looked good. He looked really good. And Braylon Allen looked great too. But again, we talked about his two fumbles, one that he lost. 12 carries for 140 yards. Guys, that is 11.7 yards per carry. He had two touchdowns. And he had a 70-yard run where he looked pretty fast. So huge 
to get him going. Absolutely huge. I, I think this kid has all the making in the world to be a great running back in Wisconsin. I think he's got, I think all the writing is on the wall for him to be the next great Badgers running back. But we got to give love to, to Ches Malusi as well. This is a combo, kind of like a thunder-lightning combo that seems to be working, and it's worked the last three weeks now. And it'll be a key to this game for it to continue. Receiving-wise, Jake Ferguson, only two catches, 23 yards. Braylon Allen had a catch for nine yards. Kendrick Pryor had a catch for nine yards. Danny Davis, again, held without a catch. And I have said this week after week after week, that it is very important for this Badgers offense to get the ball into their playmakers hands and that's Ferguson Pryor Davis even DK and it's another week where that just didn't happen I am a big advocate for these wide receivers are some of the most talented that Wisconsin's had in a while it's just really unfortunate to see the offense not being able to utilize them but again wasn't a huge factor in this game they didn't need the passing game to to win this game the run game was just so dominant the only thing that I'm hesitant about is playing this Iowa team this week I don't think it'll be the case where you can run for as many yards as they did 286 rushing yards I just don't think it's plausible to do that on on Iowa's front but hopefully does defensively Leo Chanel another monster game he was Big Ten defensive player of the week nine tackles Three and a half sacks, five tackles for a loss. My goodness, the guy is just a monster. Jack Sanborn, another good day. Seven tackles, half a sack, and one tackle for loss. It's always interesting when I see half a sack, but then you think, well, I guess it's a shared sack. But anyways, huge game from the middle linebackers. I I made a tweet earlier this week. I think it was on Saturday during the game, and I fully stand by it. I really do. And looking at uh, PFF had some had some rankings about the highest graded inside linebackers in the country. Both Leo Chanel and Jack Sanborn were in the top three in that category. So that absolutely says to me that my tweet was correct, and I said this is the best inside linebacker combat combo in the nation. I don't think it's particularly close. I really don't. I think Georgia's a pretty distant second, but. That is really looking at the stats. That's that's the big thing here. I, I think a huge part of this game as well. We talked about David Bell and how much of a playmaker he was for Purdue. Coming into this game, he had six games, and five of them he went for over 120 yards receiving. In this game, Wisconsin held him to six catches for 33 yards, a season low. So just unbelievable effort from both the front and the defensive uh, backs for Wisconsin's defense. I'll just shape this up into three positives for the, from this Purdue game. Number one, the run game showed up in a big way. Malusi, 27 carries, 149 yards. Braylon Allen, 12 carries, 140 yards. So it's huge for this offense to get them going. And it is three straight weeks now that this Wisconsin's run game has looked great second positive from the game against Purdue defense completely dominated their run game again we talked about it Wisconsin allowed minus 13 total yards rushing just unbelievable and the third positive from this game the defense created five turnovers and it's something we haven't seen from the defense much we've seen the defense be dominant 
We've seen the defense be disruptive, but we haven't really seen the defense cause a ton of turnovers. And going into last week, Wisconsin was dead last, 130th in turnover differential. Now they are still, what is it, 122nd in that category? So they're still not good at that category. But boy, you, you cause three turnovers, you cause five turnovers, three interceptions, two fumbles. You just get so many added opportunities for their offense, and it it was huge in this game. It, it killed any momentum that Purdue's high-powered offense had throughout this game, and it's uh, hopefully it's a, tr- a trend that continues. And now three negatives from the Purdue game. These were kind of hard to find because it really was a, a good win for Wisconsin, a good ranked win. But I came up with three here. One, they turned the ball over twice. Fumble from Graham Mertz, fumble from Braylon Allen. They could have turned the ball over three times. Braylon Allen fumbled twice. Only one of them was lost. So you just you need to stop turning the ball over. You play an opponent like Iowa this weekend, it's going to absolutely kill the offense if they turn the ball over at the rate that they have this season. Second negative, they, they just got nothing from the passing attack. I mean, nothing at all. Grammertz had 52 yards in the air, five completions, eight attempts. Ferguson, two catches. Prior, one catch. Danny Davis, no catch. The, the offense is dead last in efficiency rating passing the football, 130th. And it's a trend that continues. It's a trend that doesn't seem to be improving that's where I have a concern. Third negative, just too many penalties in this game. And this is where I had to get a little creative because it was a good win for Wisconsin, but Wisconsin had eight penalties for 79 yards. It, uh, it You just want to clean that up a bit. You really do. Purdue only had four penalties for 45 yards, so Wisconsin had twice as many penalties. Just, just clean that up. And again, that's something that will be really a factor against some good opponents like Iowa this weekend. But looking ahead now, we can put that Purdue game behind us. Wisconsin's 4-3 and three now. They've got their win against the ranked opponent finally. Let's look at some news that happened this week. There's news of another transfer. Center Caden Lyles announced he is transferring. I believe he did that on Monday this week. He's a former four-star recruit, former number one recruit in Wisconsin and former Wisconsin's top recruit in 2017. Now, this isn't as huge of a loss as it would have been coming into the season. Actually, he was buried a little bit in the depth chart. Joe Tipman took over for the center position and has done an okay job. But it's just, it's really unfortunate to see. Caden Lyles had a, a pretty bad injury last year, and it really seemed to affect him. He's... He lost a step. He's He just looks like a different player when he's played this year. And this is a guy that was a Remington watchlist candidate entering the season. That's the nation's best center. And he's just he's, he's fallen off hard. Now, the cool thing, and this is something that we haven't seen from the other transfers, is that he had a little nice thing to put on Twitter and thank the fans, thank the program, thank the teammates. Seemed to be really leaving on good terms and just wants an opportunity to start again. And you can't blame a guy like that. He he got benched for a sophomore, Joe Tipman. So best of luck to Caden Lyles. But that was some news today. 
looking at the injury report that was released or released this week, we got uh, pretty similar to last week. Um, but I'm just going to list off these names and then tell you what is a little concerning here. Tight end Clay Cundiff is questionable. Tight end Jack Eschenbach is questionable. Linebackers Spencer Little and Mike Mascalunas are both questionable. Cornerback Alexander Smith is questionable. And Jordan Turner, linebacker, is questionable. With that, tight end Cam Large is already listed out, along with tight end Hayden Rucci and linebacker Aaron Witt. Now, I am concerned because, what is that? One, two, three, four tight ends right there on the injury report. Two already listed out. Two are seemingly trending towards being out as well in both Cundiff and Eschenbach. Wisconsin's getting pretty thin behind Joe Ferguson at tight end. And in fact, last week we saw Wisconsin convert lineman Cormac Sampson, and he's been a tight end before. He's been a few different positions before. But we saw him switch numbers, actually, and line up in tight end a few different times. And it worked. It was actually great to have him out there because he is 100% a plus in the, the run blocking category. But behind him, there is really nothing at the tight end position, and that is a little concerning. Tight end room just needs to get healthy. So that's the injury report this week. Now we can get on to previewing the game against number nine, Iowa. The Iowa Hawkeyes, it is a big rivalry game. It's 11 a.m. kickoff on Saturday, October 30th at Camp Randall Stadium in Madison, Wisconsin. This game will be at on ESPN, I should say 11 a.m. Central Time. Unless some of you guys are listening on the East Coast or West Coast or up in the mountains, something like that, that is an 11 a.m. kickoff. And it's not a big noon game on Fox, so that's interesting. It's actually, I, I'm not a huge Fox fan, so I'm, I'm actually kind of excited to see them on ESPN. But anyways, Wisconsin opens as a three-and-a-half-point favorite. The over-and-under over under of this game is 36.5 points. I would bet the under all day long. In fact, there was a, a tweet that I shared earlier this week that kind of viewed some of the analytics of both Wisconsin and Iowa, both offensive, offensively and defensively, and they predicted the final score to be Wisconsin 13 and Iowa 8. Now that is Big Ten football right there. And I think I would love a game like that, particularly with that outcome with Wisconsin winning. But again, this is a rivalry game, the Heartland Trophy. Uh, Iowa and Wisconsin are, are, are pretty even schools. This isn't a lopsided rivalry at all, and we have a few of those in the Big Ten, particularly to our neighbors to the left of us. I won't name them, but this is not that rivalry at all. Wisconsin lost to Iowa. The trophy is in Iowa right now. Wisconsin lost last year 28-7. to Very frustrating game. That was kind of when uh, the sales behind Wisconsin's unit last year kind of the wind behind the sails died and it, it was a lopsided game and it was one a lot of Badgers fans had off by the second third quarter that being said Wisconsin is seven and three against Iowa in their last 10 meetings and Wisconsin leads the all-time series it is close 48 44 and two 48 wins 44 losses and two ties 
and I, I kind of wish ties were a thing just for this game because it would be very Wisconsin-like and very Iowa-like to have a tie in this game. I think they're very close on paper. And I, I guess jumping right into that point, Iowa and Wisconsin have the exact same formula really offensively and defensively. Iowa has a, a good defense, and they try to run the ball just like Wisconsin does. Iowa has a... Iowa has a good defense. Really, it is a good defense. And their offense is, is really nothing too special. So again, much like Wisconsin's. And in fact, Iowa's offense has has struggled at times. Very much so. They they really have. Just gonna take a look at Iowa's schedule here. They are six and one. Started the season against Indiana, one thirty four to six. They beat Iowa State on the road 27-17. Iowa State was ranked very high at that point. They beat Kent State 30-7. They beat Colorado State 24-14. They beat Iowa. They beat Maryland 51-14. Then they lost to Penn State, or they beat Penn State, sorry, 23-20. That was a game Penn State probably would win if they had their quarterback healthy. Penn State's quarterback, Sean Clifford, went down late in that game, and the, the game was very different after that. And then Iowa got shut down by Purdue two weeks ago. The last time they played, 24-7, to Purdue won that game. So uh, that number right there, that seven number right there from Iowa, really tells you all you need to know about Iowa. Their offense, is, it, it can really struggle at sometimes, a lot like Wisconsin's. Beginning of the year, Iowa looked like the runaway favorites to win the Big Ten West. That's not so much the case anymore. I think I think Iowa kind of squeaked by a lot of their opponents this year. You see the 10-point win against Iowa State, 10-point win against Colorado State, 3-point win against an injured Penn State, and then they got dominated, really, by Purdue. I, I think kind of the trend that Iowa's had since since opening the season so hot is kind of downwards. I think... You know, beginning of the year, runaway favorites. I just don't think it's the case anymore. I do think the Big Ten West is down to three teams right now. Iowa is one of them, no doubt about that. Minnesota's one of them, and Wisconsin's one of them. This is a huge game. Again, Wisconsin controls its destiny. If they win this game, they are tied for first in the, in the conference again. And then that game against Minnesota it becomes even bigger. It, uh... Yeah, it, it, looking at Wisconsin or Iowa's stat leaders here, Spencer Petras is their quarterback. He's got 1,333 yards, nine touchdowns. A big number here is six interceptions, so he is prone to the turnover ball as well. They, they, that's their quarterback. They're not going to put in another guy. Tyler Goodson came into the season being one of the conference's best running backs. He's He's done pretty good. Tyler Goodson, 136 attempts, 586 yards, five touchdowns. It's only 4.3 yards per carry. They do have another kind of thunder lightning guy. Ivory Kelly Martin is their other guy. He's got 43 rushing attempts, 191 yards, 4.4 yards per carry. See, you look at these running backs, they get attempts, but they all average barely over four yards per carry. Receiving... Iowa's tight end 
Sam Laporte is actually their leading receiver. 28 carry, or receptions, 332 yards. Nico Regini is their second guy. He's a wide receiver, 17 receptions, 234 yards. And then it's a pretty steep drop-off. Charlie Jones is a guy that's got 12 catches. Keegan Johnson's kind of their deep man at wide receiver. And then Tyler Goodson's got a handful of receptions, 18 receptions himself. So they use him receiving the ball as well. Leading their team in tackles is their linebacker, Jack Campbell. He's pretty good. Riley Moss is a D-back that should be talked about. He's got four interceptions himself this season. And I'll, I'll talk about the turnover game in this, but Iowa is a, a ball-seeking defense. Diving deeper into this game, I'll give you four keys to a Wisconsin victory. I say this every week. People usually give you three. I'll give you a bonus one. So four keys here. Number one, find continued success in the run game. It is really important to have long, methodical scoring drives for both teams, really, particularly Wisconsin. I would love to have, I'd love to see Wisconsin have at least one, even two running backs over 100 yards. And that's something Wisconsin's been able to do the last three games. Just keep that momentum going. It's going to be huge. And that, in large part, is because it limits Mertz opportunities. I'm not trying to pick on Graham Mertz. I, I promise you I'm not. I just do not believe he can't turn the ball over right now. And the turnover game is going to be so important in this evenly matched game that I don't want to see Mertz have to throw it 20-plus times. I want the run game to have that same success to Purdue to keep Mertz in the 10 to 15 completion category where he doesn't fumble. Or, excuse me, he doesn't throw an interception. Because I... I am worried. This is a good Iowa defense, and they, they are ball-seeking. They're ball hawks. So I am worried if Mertz has to, if the offense needs Mertz to make plays. Second key to a Wisconsin victory here, contain Iowa's run game. I, I said it before, Iowa has a very similar blueprint offensively to Wisconsin where they just want to run it. Even if it doesn't work, they want to continue to run it. With that being said, you you want to make Iowa have to use quarterback Spencer Petras. He's been okay at times, but he is very inconsistent. I talked about the six interceptions. That's up there. And flat out, some points, he just he, he doesn't look like a very good quarterback. And sometimes he does, but there are a lot of times in films where he just does not look like a very good quarterback or a quarterback that can lead you to a scoring drive. And that was a huge factor against the game or the game against Purdue with them. He he was a non-factor. Put Iowa's offense in third and long situations, even second and long. Make them go behind the sticks, get them out of their blueprint. Iowa's passing offense is number is ranked 107th in EPA per pass. That's that's passing efficiency. Now granted Wisconsin's is dead last at 130. But Iowa's passing offense being ranked 107th tells you all you need to know. You can stop the run game. You can stop Iowa's offense. It's very opposite of Purdue, where you wanted to limit their pass game. You want to limit Iowa's run game. Now, Tyler Goodson's a good running back, and that's that's a tall task. Iowa's got a good offensive line. But it's doable with this Wisconsin front. It really is. I think Wisconsin's defensive front is... Arguably the best in the nation. 
So contain Iowa's run game is the second key. Third key to Wisconsin victory, win the turnover battle. Now this will be a tough one to do. Very tough to do. I won't lie to you. And I'm going to say that because Iowa is ranked third in the nation in turnover margin at plus 11. Wisconsin is 122nd at minus 7. There's only 130 teams in FBS, folks. And Wisconsin, before five turnover-induced game last week, was actually 130th. So this is a huge, clearly huge advantage for Iowa right now. I think it's, it's very paramount for Wisconsin to limit that. Even if the turnover battle's a wash, if one, each team have no turnovers, each team have one or two turnovers, as long as it's a wash, I think this is a winnable game for Wisconsin. But if Wisconsin does kind of what they have this year and throw a bad interception, fumble on a handoff, fumble a carry, things like that, Wisconsin is going to be treading uphill. It, it really is. And Iowa's defense has forced an insane amount of turnovers. 20 turnovers on the air. That's 16 interceptions and four fumbles. So with that, they've turned the ball over nine times, which is a considerable amount. But this goes back to me not wanting Mertz to have a huge part of this game because Iowa has induced 16 interceptions in seven games, folks. That's unbelievable. So Iowa has a clear advantage in this, and I would love... And, and really, Wisconsin needs to find a way to negate that. Fourth key here, last key here, get off to a good start in this game. Wisconsin needs to get off to a good start in this game. Actually, both teams need to. Both defenses are very dominant. I should say both defenses are very good. Wisconsin's has been dominant. Iowa's can be dominant, though. Make no exception about that. Both offenses are not explosive and take time to score points. Both offenses, again, want to run the ball. Even if it doesn't work, they want to continue to try to run the ball. It takes time for them to get down the field unless, unless you know, some kind of long play happens, but they're very rare for both these offenses. Both offenses want to avoid playing pressed and in a hole and in a hole. And with that I mean they don't they don't want to feel like they have to score points. They have to have a few turns down or first downs they they cannot get in that situation because when they get in that situation it means that the offense will deviate from their game plan neither one of these teams want to deviate from that game plan because neither one of these teams want to put responsibility on their quarterbacks believe me Iowa does not want Spencer Petras to throw it 30 40 times Wisconsin doesn't even want Graham Mertz to throw it 20 times that's very clear but that's kind of what you have to do if you get in a hole. You get down 7, 10, 14 points in, in the second quarter, you kind of have to start opening it up. And that is something Wisconsin needs to avoid doing. So those are your four keys of this game. That being said, give you a prediction here. And again, I encourage you guys to tweet at me. I encourage you guys to call me an idiot, call me smart, whatever you want to do. I am a Badgers homer. But I do think this is a winnable game. I think Iowa is a good team. I don't think they're the ninth best team in the nation. I think that nine over them is is, is kind of 
not an indicator of this team. I think Wisconsin does well on the rushing game. I think they continue that momentum. I do think they turn the ball over, but I do think they get turnovers as well. I actually think both teams will turn the ball over twice. And like I said, if it's a wash in the turnover category, I think Wisconsin wins this game. I think Wisconsin wins this game 16-10 to 10 at home. I think Wisconsin is riding the ship. And I am excited to see this game. I think it is, it is very much a heavyweight bout. And it's kind of like looking at a mirror. Both these programs are just so similar. So again, please tell me if I'm wrong. Tell me if I'm right. Whatever you want to do. But that'll wrap it up for this edition of Ike Badger's podcast. Please do be sure to like and subscribe on whatever platform you're listening to. Give me a follow on Twitter at Coach Riley. Give Ike Badger's podcast a follow on Twitter at Ike underscore Badger's. Until then, good luck to Wisconsin this weekend, and go Badgers.